Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello, everyone. DSO here from dadstartingover.com. And welcome back to the show, the one and only Mrs. DSO. All right, that's all you get. <laughs> wow. It's yeah. getting worse every time. <laughs> well, that's your Soon there'll just be crickets when you announce me. <laughs> you want to do it again? Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. DSO. <laughs> that's about right. Oh, no, this is actually, <laughs> this is more right up your alley. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. DSO. <laughs> Some wives, <Well>. maybe. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to talk about today? Today is a, a topic that um, several guys talked about on our discussion groups. And for those of you new to the show don't know what the hell I'm talking about with discussion groups, quick plug here. Go to DSO, which stands for Dad Starting Over, DSOfraternity.com, DSOfraternity.com, or you can actually get there through my website at DadStartingOver.com. Members only group, um, you pay once a month, or you can pay annually, or you can pay now we have a lifetime membership. And what do you get for that? You get access to a uh, private online discussion groups for men, uh, private live meetings for men that are all recorded over Zoom, of which we have going on 200 meetings in the archive now for people to listen. So you have weeks worth of audio if you want to. Uh, members only podcast, access to all of my books in PDF and audiobook format. Is that it? I think that's about it. What do you think, Mrs. Diaz? So I, I, I just fell notes? asleep and oh, wondered wow. why you have a hedgehog <laughs> on your football helmet. People have no idea what in the world you're talking about. <laughs> that's not a sexual reference. I have a football helmet in here, and yet on top of it's a little stuffed hedgehog. I don't see anything wrong with that. All right. Keep it going. Anywho. So check it out, DSO Fraternity. Anyway, on when I get on the discussion groups, um, I will say, hey, guys, Mrs. DSO, we're going to do another show. What do you think? And some topics that came up when I asked that, as well as just on their own, was a show called Sex Life. Sex slash life, which I think is an awesome title. The more you think about the show. Um, on Netflix, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I don't it's know. Awful. Okay, I was just gonna say, what do you think? Should I suggest it to others to watch? I I don't know. I, I thought it was awful to watch because the acting wasn't great. This is true, but it's, it's a good the, story. It's a good conversation starter. There you go. It is not the greatest production in the world, mm. 
but it is right up our alley as far as the DSO world is concerned and the talk of men talking about the world of relationships, what makes women tick. I tell you what, when I watched this, it was hilarious because whoever put this together and wrote the thing knew what they were doing and they were just checking every stereotype of, I don't even know how you describe this, of the um, woman in crisis. I mean, it was like they just went on the internet and just read all these stories and condensed it down into one show. Of How many episodes are in the show? Like eight or ten, something like that. Yeah. It, anyway, for those that don't know, the show is about uh, the protagonist is a woman who's supposedly, uh, she looks to be in her 30s, pretty woman who has everything going for her. The most perfect house, two perfect kids, including one of them being an infant that's still breastfeeding. She is, of course, completely svelte and looks like she's never had a kid. And her husband is perfect. He's wealthy. He's very good looking, hairless. Looks like he's fitness fitness model type, wears the suit, et cetera, et cetera. So everything is going perfectly for this woman, at least on paper. But yet she's she's yearning for more. And let me stop there because I think the writers kind of chicken shit their way out of this by doing something which made me say, eh, I don't see that all that often. I'm sure it happens. But in my little dad starting over world, you don't see it that often. And that is she was hungering for affection from her husband or love, intimacy, sexual, whatever. But early in the show, like episode one, he's basically ignoring her. I don't know if you remember. They're in the bathroom together and she's like, hey, look at me. And he just walks right by her like, eh, like she's a piece of furniture. Um, almost where I was wondering if they were going to take this into he's having an affair territory. But no, it just turns out he's just so overwhelmed with work. And the fact that they have kids, that sexuality just completely kind of escaped him and he just ignores his wife and takes her for granted. That's not the typical from what I've seen. The scenario that I've seen is one of the man is still hot and heavy and the wife is just overwhelmed by, I got a kid, I'm breastfeeding, I'm doing this and that. Life is too overwhelming. Who am I anymore? I don't have a career. And sex is just way in the back burner and the guy's just sitting there going, oh man, come on. Well, that's why I say the writer's kind of, Chicken shit their way out of it and took that route. So then we give the woman a little bit of, um, uh, what's the word, leeway, or a little bit of, well, I can see where she goes, where she goes, because she goes into not-so-good territory after that. Yeah, but, you know, um, so the, coincidentally, when, I, when we were starting to watch the show, I was also breastfeeding an infant, which I still am, but I, I just got in into it, so I was still not really sure what I was doing. <laughs> and so I could very much relate to the state of mind that she found herself in, you know, no, not much sleep, um, kind of holding on to that little bit of womanhood that is that she still has, wanting to feel sexy when really she's just a, a, a booby bar at that point um, and is basically just a mom f fulfilling everybody's need but her own. And so I could relate to how she feels and how she really just wants to feel like a woman and wants to feel sexual and wants to feel seen as a woman. And I do have a few stories from friends that confirm that, yes, sometimes the men go into overdrive of, I have a new baby, I have to be the super provider here. And my wife, who was just sexy nine months ago, now all of a sudden no longer is attractive to me because now she has an infant and is a, is a mom. Mm -hmm. And you pointed out that that's, that's an existing Oh, syndrome. sure, sure, absolutely. But... That absolutely does not pertain to their majority, situation. Correct. And it's also not show. the majority. Because they both people. look like supermodels. Yeah. And they both just, they yeah. Um, 
So it's not like she's dealing with a husband who just let himself go. And he's not dealing with a wife like, who the hell is this? This isn't the woman I married. They look mm-hmm. identical, if not more successful and prettier than they were before when they first yeah, yeah. became but, like yeah, little yeah. flashbacks. But there's a lot more to the story. As, oh, yeah. And so we should just keep going. You just keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anywho, you know, talking about this woman losing herself as a mom. No, she was going out on the town. She was hitting the clubs. She's going out for drinks with her friend in the city. She's going on the train quite often to go to the city. And, but before all of that, before we see all of that in the show, she is very much pining for what used to be her free and fun, sexy, single self. More specifically, pining for the days of when she was with Mr. Bad Boy. And Mr. Bad Boy was this wealthy, Record producer, mm-hmm. music producer type guy with, from Australia, tall, good looking, looks like a rock and roller type dude. Dreamy hair. The whole nine yards. He's textbook. And uh, oh, by the way, let me pause there. I don't know if you knew this, Mrs. DSO, but that actress and the hunky actor mm-hmm. actually connected in real life and yeah. became a couple. Well, as, I mean, they were eating each other's show. privates they were. on the show. So. The show's really graphic. Yeah, it is. A lot of, if you like naked women... You'll see a lot of that. Yes. So we were. Well, the one naked woman, really. There there was more than. Oh, yeah. Girlfriend, too, naked? Uh, Yes. The African-American one? I believe so. (laughs) At least I imagine my head. (laughs) But you know what they didn't show? Unlike in uh, White Lotus, we didn't have to look at a man's scrotum and penis. Lies. You were gone for the big scene. Remember I told you? Oh, yeah. It was a really long penis. The quote big scene. Okay. We're jumping ahead here. But anywho. So anyway, this woman's pining for the past, so much so that she actually takes to her computer and creates a journal and starts writing in the journal of, I remember back in the day of when I was with the bad boy. And she writes graphic, or there's graphic um, reenactments, if you want to call it flashbacks, that's the word, of the time that they did it in the pool, the time that they did it here, the time that they did it there, and they just did it everywhere in public. And she was just on cloud nine of... Are we going to get caught? This is dangerous. This is erotic. This is, you know, every every romance novel cliche type was in there in her little flashbacks with the bad boy. And then she's back to reality and it's baby on her nipple, husband who really doesn't pay much attention to her, the perfect house in the perfect suburb, and well, that, that, that little danger or whatever you want to call it is just not there anymore. Well, but there's also the added thing of uh, when she was dating that super sexy hot guy, she was also in the middle of building her own career, getting a PhD in psychology, which now she's completely um, given up on and is now a stay-at-home mom. So that yeah. that life party girl, single, attract- a single woman with, with a sexy boyfriend also was that life where she was a single independent career gal. So she's basically everything but that woman at this point. And so in these flashbacks, you start to get a picture for how she got to this point with Mr. Perfect. And basically, Mr. Bad Boy, life with Mr. Bad Boy was filled with all kinds of emotional drama because they painted Mr. Bad Boy as kind of a head case where he comes from a bad family and he's relationships and being a, a perfect provider dad type is just not in the cards with this guy. And she knows it, which in turn makes him even more sexy and appealing in that erotic way. But she also realized it's time for me to settle down and go with Mr. Right. And that's when this guy who ends up being her husband kind of slides into the picture. And he's, you know, perfect on paper. He's wealthy, handsome, really likes her, shows her, takes her what to the suburbs. It was a Connecticut or I don't know where it is in the city. 
and they have the perfect house with the white picket fence and everything. And everything was great between them until, well, it, it, I say that everything was great between them, but it was never to the level of Mr. Bad Boy. Yeah, it was always more vanilla. The intimacy, yeah. everything was just more vanilla. And with Bad Boy, it was, like I say, that holy crap level of dangerous and everything. So anyway, episode after episode of her basically being torn back and forth between my Bad Boy past and my good guy, perfect family present. And eventually she actually makes actual physical connection with former bad boy and away they go. And there are so many little cliched things in, in this story, such as, Oh, the, the good boy husband finds her, uh, uh, journal entries in her computer, just sits there at the kitchen counter and sits there and reads. And his reaction is one of like this almost angry, erotic, I'm going to reclaim my wife thing, which they have a term for, and it's called hysterical bonding, which is when typically in the, in the case of hysterical bonding, it's when you, di- when you discover that your mate is cheating with you with somebody else. And a lot of people will um, report a heightened sense of sexual connectiveness. It's almost like you're trying to reclaim them. They're mine. They don't belong to the other person. And there's a lot of emotional connectiveness during that time, too. We just talked more than ever before in these two weeks, but it's very short-lived. And then both of you kind of sober up and realize, what the hell are we doing? So we saw that in there where he is super turned on. And he, though, tries to reenact things that he read in her journal. And it gets very awkward. And she realizes what he's doing. We're just trying to reenact things that I had with bad boy. You, my friend, are not bad boy. You're comfortable, perfect husband. This isn't our world. I don't want to do that with him. Sure. With you, not so much. So again, very cliched stuff. And the more we get to know Mr. Husband, the more perfect he becomes of where he's actually Mr. Good Guy and he's trying to save the marriage and he's trying to do all he can to reel her back in and save her from, and he becomes obsessed with the bad boy to the point of actually going to the city, semi-stalking him and finding a uh, athletic club that he works at in. And that's where we see they shower. And not only is bad boy in perfect shape, but so is husband, but what he has that the husband doesn't have is a penis that basically drags to the floor. It must be a foot long. So I'm assuming it's a prosthetic that they used, and this guy is actually not sporting a giant foot long penis. But you, Mrs. DSO, just happened to be absent during that scene. Yeah, I think and it you was come back breastfeeding or pumping or something. You come back, and I'm like, well, you missed it. <laughs> the big scene. That's and, okay. And if you go on the internet, you can see everyone lost their mind over it. And I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a prosthetic. The guy's not going to show his big giant hog there on the uh, on the show but anyway so that just makes mr husband even more insecure about well hell how can i compete with this so i mean there's a lot of different directions we can take this conversation trying to dissect what we saw what's true well, how ridiculous is this because some people not in our little world of dso will watch that and just roll their eyes and go yeah right well i watch that and go oh shit i've heard this story at least a thousand times yeah, yeah. <laughs> online no, I people i talk to one-on-one this stuff happens all the time it's the dichotomy or the dichotomy the the split between the lover provider. the quintessential lover and the quintessential provider that's what we're talking about here it's a tale as old as time yes and um what's what's sad is you did you do we want to spoil the end for people how it I, ends at, at this point if you haven't watched it yeah let's say spoiler alert if you're listening to this we're probably going to spoil the show for you and talk about the end and little dramatic moments in there but the spoiler alert is coming here because the ending is that um, after trying everything to save that marriage, including going to a swinger party, remember that? 
they went to a big sex party, swinger party at a, it was so funny. <laughs> we were, we were watching this and they have the friend from work. The guy, the, the perfect husband has a friend at work who's just kind of goofy. And that friend's wife is also friends with perfect husband's wife, the protagonist in the story. And when we saw that wife, the blonde, we instantly said, Oh, she gives off a swinger vibe or a sexy vibe yeah, or something. There's trouble there. Yeah. And so they wrote her perfectly because later on, um, the the main character is saying, "I'm we're trying to spice things up in the relationship and what do we do? And then she's like, hey, you kind of wink, wink, trust me, I'll take you to a party. And you, know, you guys ready for this? And they go into this big mansion house and it's just people having naked and having sex all over the place. Yeah, and so they even, went that, so well. they even went that far. And that did not go well. That ended in drama, you know, and surprise, fist surprise. Fights, yeah. And fist fights and all kinds of stuff. So, but, yes. Well, no, I was saying, the, the spoiler alert again, the end is that... Um, after all this, like going to really at great lengths to, to try to save their marriage, the woman says, you know what? I really don't want to lose our, what we have. I don't <laughs> want to lose the house. I don't want to lose you. You're an awesome husband. I don't want to lose the father to our kids. And uh, we need to make this work. And so they make it work and then cut one scene to the next, to the ending scene. And she shows up on the doorstep of the sexy lover mm. and says, well, just so we're clear, we're going to have sex, but I'm not going to leave my husband. So basically the end of the story is that she has just committed to being a cheating wife just to get her. The the draw of her, the ex-lover bad boy was so strong. She couldn't just drop it. And even she had him and had a friend who was like, you need to drop the bad boy. It's This isn't going to happen. This is terrible. Look what you have. What are you giving up? This is ridiculous. Nope. Still, after all of these episodes of back and forth and the husband trying his best to spice it up because he sees that's what the wife needs even going as far as agreeing to go into the sex party and even going as far as participating and the, the whole nine yards and he went over the top of the romance and the sex and the everything no this the draw of the other guy is too much and this is very um it, it illustrates hell i've made that point countless times where you know i'll talk to a guy and he'll say i've discovered that my wife is talking to some ex-boyfriend and i have some evidence that they may have snuck off together and yada yada i want to make this work and i said well number one why i mean that's i was kind of yelling in my head to the husband through this entire show dude just let her go i understand she's the perfect wife you have two kids and job and everything else but obviously she's a very broken woman we learned through the whole ep all these episodes yeah she's got a screw loose and um she's attracted to mr broken let her go let her have mr broken god bless you i hope you too it works out um, and that's what I t tell to a lot of guys. Like, you're fighting for a very broken person here. This ain't going to end well. And this show is a perfect illustration of that. This ain't going to end well. Once the cat's out of the bag and she got a shot of that heroin, so to speak, it it's over. The lover wins. I, I put this in my book. The lover wins every single time. Well, and there's a certain addictive personality to her, too, that she just cannot let go of that guy. I mean, a, b a big part of me kept screaming at the screen, well, silently, <laughs> and slut shaming this woman because i was like oh my god get over it you had your fun now you're a mother of two and you have a perfect life just suck it up and accept it and and make the most of it and have a good life but right there what you just said a lot of men go Ooh. the suck it up part yeah, yeah but this if is, i'm a man yeah if i if i'm a man <laughs> if i'm the man in that show <laughs> i'm a man in this situation rather and um and I and I'm here. My and I find out my wife had just like these over the top erotic event, adventures with this man whose penis is dragging on the ground, and they're doing it. And 
they're doing it on the pool skyscraper whatever and i go to her and say i found some of this stuff and it's I don't know. It kind of turns me on, but at the same time, it's also kind of troubling that we haven't been nowhere near this level of eroticism, you and I. It's been lights out, missionary. Please be quiet. I don't want the neighbors to hear it. And I find out you've been in threesomes with this guy and going everywhere and doing this. And the woman just smiles and says, oh, sweetie, that's not us. Yeah. You know, that's I love you. That was the old me. To which in a lot of women's erroneous thinking is like, that sounds perfectly valid to me to tell my husband that to which I'm in the background saying, sweetheart, you just said the worst possible thing you could have said to that man, that he is not worthy of crazy erotic energy, that his energy is more, it's better suited to the more domestic provider type of world. And that's heartbreaking for a lot of men to hear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know that that's a, it's a big part of your book too. Is this, is this whole hope that we all have that we can have our lover and provider be in the same person. But I think what this show is trying to sell is that a lot of the times it's not. And um, what is the solution for that? And in fact, there was a, she went to go see a therapist. Do you remember a guy? This was a very oh, yeah. quick mm -hmm. scene and basically was describing everything that was going on. And he said to her, and I think pretty blunt terms, you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's one or the other. You're going to have this comfortable life with Mr. Perfect husband. Or are you going to have the sexy life with the other guy? Because <laughs> you can't have both. Sorry. You can, but I think it's rare. Yeah, I think he should have qualified that. It's maybe one in so many people have this, but don't think that that's, that's not the default by no. no means. But I think the the big question that the women have to ask themselves when they settle down is, first of all, am I settling? And second of all, why am I settling for, for this guy? If this is not the guy that's tickling my fancy, why am I marrying that guy? If mm -hmm. I'm not sexually attracted, I'm clearly not. I feel like when you're in love, you're sexually attracted. When you're sexually attracted, you, you tend to be in love or fall in love with that person because all that comes with intimacy. I think when you're sexually attracted to somebody and you just have added long enough with that person, you will fall in love. But the other way around, I don't think you can be in love with somebody mm -hmm. and, and, and sexually not attracted to that person. How many women do we know in real life where their relationship with their man, the terms of it or the theme of that relationship is, man, I'm not getting any younger. And I've just went through a conga line of horrible human beings for boyfriend candidates. It was one bad dude after the other, after the other, after the other. And after 12 of those guys, and the fact that my, my doctor just told me I better hurry up because my fertility is going down and whatever the case may be, now I meet Mr. Well, he's nice. He's a sweet guy. He really treats me really well. Yeah. He's, his job, good enough. He's no dummy. And uh, he'll be able to take care of me and any future kids we may have. Well, but how about in the bedroom? Uh, does he really get you going? He's, he's all right. He tries. You know, I'll give him that much. <laughs> and how many times have we heard this from some of our, your female friends? He's, yeah. he's good enough. He's a sweet guy. I like him okay. And then when you get, you know, get him comfortable in talking about the situation, what comes out of them invariably is some like, well, I don't really respect him all that much. He's a bit of a wuss. He's a bit of a mama's boy. He's not that ambitious, et cetera, et cetera. But basically he will do for what I need. He, he, he's fitting a role in my little movie that I'm directing here. And the movie is, um, I need to have a safe, comfortable life for the next so many decades. 
and I need to have an actor slide in that position and yeah, he's good enough. I can't get uh, Marlon Brando for the role, but uh, Adam Sandler will do. Well, I mean, this <laughs> is a, remember our friends, Alice? Yes. The uh, where, she, where she, I met them, they were relatively newly married. I would say like two years, three years maybe. And uh, Physician and physician. Physician, physician, like a perfect couple on paper. Like, you know, a suburban perfection. And um, they were trying for a baby and... <laughs> Sorry, the cat is crying. Um, They were trying for a baby, and she and I got friendly, and we started chatting. And one day, she was texting on her phone, and and she was like, "I'm sorry, um, um, sorry, I'm distracted. I'm texting." And I'm like, "No, that's okay." And then she looks at me, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm texting with my ex-boyfriend." And here am I thinking, "But you're you're married. Why would you be texting with your ex-boyfriend?" So that already had me going, huh? And basically, the bottom line of that story is that she was in love, crazy over head of over heels in love with this guy for seven years, that would not marry her. She, cl- uh, climbing towards the thirty, um, gave that guy basically an ultimatum and said, "Okay, we're either getting married or that's it." And the guy was like, "No, I don't feel like getting married." He probably felt not like getting married to her. Um, probably is thinking, "Why the hell would I do that?" Exactly. So she she breaks it off and. Um, so she falls in love with this picture perfect guy that she works with and sure enough he quickly uh, pr- proposes and they get married but throughout the entire marriage that I've been able to watch because I was pretty close friends with him I saw that um, she has no respect for him she's clearly not in love with him they've never showed any affection towards the other there's Zero. no physical they're totally just brothers physical, yeah they're not never I've never even seen them hug I've never seen them kiss yeah. I don't even know how they made two babies because they did make two babies. And th- this was a quintessential, the one guy was my, my you know, my wild card. He was the, the lover and I really wanted to marry that guy, but he didn't want me and I needed to settle. I needed to have babies. So I chose the provider guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't even know if she loves him, but she's, she's clearly and, and, and not in love. She's in love with the idea of the two and of, ha- of having the kids and a perfect life. And I think that's where a lot of women are trapped. Yep. We're and so her tone also. By the sort of societal expectations. And you've noticed this. Her tone towards him is one of contempt sometimes. Yes. Disdain. Respect. Yeah, no. Um, she made fun of his. Uh, I think I may have referenced him. There, uh, not by name, obviously, in one of my books. There's a little situation where um, she would very bluntly make fun of his asthma. Like yes. an eye rolling, <laughs> like, of course he has asthma. And you're like, Jesus. The guy can't help he has asthma and of course this and that and then he would make little snot snite snite little snipe snotty remarks. Re- yeah. remarks about um oh remember we were talking about the show game of thrones and how dirty yeah, and, and he's sexual like, i can't get. watch that with my wife yeah obviously i can't watch it with her you know, like, all right so that's sad but oh boy is that common yeah. and this show is the perfect illustration of that or just my friend kim Remember, she um, super successful type A woman, um, twenty six years old, going twenty seven, going twenty eight, uh, so dating the big all kinds of guys zeros around the corner. Yeah, go, go dating all kinds of guys. Also, head over heels in love with this guy whom she claims to have sex have had sex with like seven times in one night, and uh, that's actually not that much. We've done that. Anyway, um, she had wild, crazy sex with him, says, this is the man that I love. And then he tells her, yeah, I'll never leave my island. I'll never uh, settle down. I don't ever want kids. And she's like, okay, that's it. I'm done. And six months later, she starts dating this guy. And all I ever hear from her is like, yeah, 
He's okay. I mean, he's nice. He, he's, I'm not really attracted that much. He's, he's okay looking. Yeah, sex was okay. I mean, it'll get better. It wasn't great, but I mean, I'm used to really good sex now, so I just have to readjust my expectations. <laughs> so that was a year ago. And now I talked to her last week. Now she's talking wedding plans. But it went, and it also went beyond just that the superficial of sex is eh. It was uh, lack of respect. Yeah, she she complained that he, yes, he doesn't make as much money as she does. Um, he he doesn't get he doesn't have much oomph. So basically, she she kept complaining to me that he wasn't doing any of the things that she wanted him to do. He was just not really a, a type A person like she is, and so she just flat out doesn't respect him much and it told me multiple times i think i can't live with a guy that doesn't have his act together doesn't make that much money doesn't put things into action so i don't think i can be with him and now last week she said well he better be promoting uh, proposing to me soon because i need to plan the wedding wedding next year because i want to make sure that we can have a wedding venue in a certain place wow, wow. and i'm just thinking that's that's so wrong <laughs> a poor guy you know, I've often fantasized in my head if I got a hold of this guy in some way or if we were to meet, you know, if we were to go where they are or something and meet in some, I don't know, meet him up for drinks or something. It would take everything in my power not to just pull this poor guy aside and say, what are you doing, dude? And um, you've tried it with her. It's not working. The, the, that lure of the, um, hey, I'm not getting any younger that is a big thing for a lot of women and us men just really can't wrap our minds around just how strong of an urge that is to settle down be safe have a kid etc cetera, etc cetera. so much so that we're willing to say yeah i'm not really in love with the guy and i'm not really this and this but yeah good enough yeah but you know i i i know better now and um my my greek friend Mm -hmm. We've um, talked about she, her a few times. Yeah, yeah, she and I both told Kim, you need to break up with that guy. You cannot marry him. Please just let that poor guy go. There's something better out there. Don't settle. And my Greek friend, mind you, has a biological clock that's ticking very, very loudly. And I thought she would be the girl that would just choose a guy to get knocked up from so that she could just... She almost did. No, she she, I, she told me, no, I want the whole package. I want to fa fall in love and I want yeah. the right thing. And Here's the commonality amongst all these stories. <laughs> the two friends that we, no, three friends we just talked about and the fictional person in that show, which makes me say this fictional, the writers of this story knew what they were doing is, and, and I wrote about this phenomenon on my website. If there's some old article from two or three years ago, I think, and I called it the Totka, T-O-T-G-A, the one that got away. The one that got away is the, to use the example of the, the show, Mr. Hunky Lover Man that just sent me over the top, holy shit, levels of in loveness, lustness, whatever, infatuation. And I've been chasing that high ever since. And I realize I'm not going to be able to get it, as far as I can tell, unless it's him, him specifically. And it's so funny that your one friend, I can't remember what fake name we just used for her. The one that has the doctor husband. Alice. Keeps in contact with him. And that is quintessential one that got away material. Because it's, I can't let him go completely. He has to know I'm still here. And she will never admit it. And it may not be necessarily a conscious thing. But how I interpret that is, just in case it doesn't work out with me and doctor boy over here. Even though we have two kids a house, families, we made our vows. Just in case that didn't work out, for whatever reason, I'm still here, Mr. Loverboy. Please don't forget about me. So I'm going to send you a happy birthday once a year. I'm going to send you a Merry Christmas. 
I'm even probably going to send you pictures of my kids. All right. Sorry, folks. I had to uh, make a cut there because somebody had to go powder their nose. Okay, seriously? And by that, I mean she had to go pop a squat. Can to, you not bring that she up? Had to go, she had to go poop. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. What? No, everybody poops. It's okay. Can it's you all right. delete that? No. No, it's going to stay in there. See, if you try and ruin my show with your bowel movements, you're going to get called out on it. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, she just got up and looked at me with this pitiful look on her face. I have to poop. I should leave that on there, that little I have to poop, because that was in the recording. <laughs> Oh, can we not? Anywho, so where were we? Uh, I don't know. By the way, everything, did everything come out all right? You all right? You feel you feel good? You look you, you look lighter. So anyway, anyway where did we leave off? Um, we were talking about your friend remember. Alice. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's my question. Yes. Here's my question. Can, can so are these? Because there's, I think there's a lot of men out there right now that are saying, uh, yeah, that's kind of what what happened with me because i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that my wife Mm -hmm. had a steamy affair just before she ran into me and she'll always compare whatever we're doing to that steamy affair so and i mean i can tell you that i was definitely not attracted or in love with the guy i ended up marrying the first time Mm. and and i talked myself into falling in love Mm -hmm. and into getting into all of that and i think yes that's possible which a lot of but. a lot of your more old timey conservative traditional conservative types will you know sit their their daughters down and say like look this isn't all about rainbows and butterflies here sweetheart this is about you starting a family and uh, sometimes that means quote settling and you know David over here this guy is uh, owns his own insurance company and his fa- comes from a good family. He's a good earner. We know his parents, and they're wonderful people. And sure, he's a little overweight. And yes, there's not a thing sexy about him. But Jesus, sweetheart, you need to suck it up and do what's best for you and your family, just like I did with your dad. Well, and they, and so people are here, and they got a point somewhat. Yeah, and people have done that for decades, for centuries, generations. But and it worked in some cases. Today's day and age, we're not in that world anymore. Good luck. Yeah. Good I mean, freaking luck, because. Boy, we're going down a, a whole road here because this d- just opens up to a discussion that just leads down so many different avenues. But, you know, why not in today's day and age? Why won't that work? Um, too many distractions. There's too, There's not enough uh, obstacles in the way between a woman and her pining for something else. In today's day and age, a woman can say, eh, I'm not feeling it. Sorry. And Mr ex-husband is left with you know if if the if the um uh, what do you call it if the if the earnings are way out of whack well then he's lost over half of his income he doesn't see his kids hardly anymore and he's mr single now and he's like what the hell just happened i hear that all the time um back in the good olden days that was way harder for a woman to achieve that level of singleness because of she would be a social pariah you know you can't be a single mom yuck who's gonna want that and there's you can't have a career because haha women don't have careers so we've, we've cut down all these obstacles that get in the way of that. And now what's left is, you know, if you don't really feel it and you don't want to be in this relationship anymore and you're looking across the table at a guy that you lost attraction two years ago, you don't have to stay in this relationship anymore. And what what is the percentage of divorces, male, female? What percent of divorces do the women initiate overall? Overall, women initiate, depending on what study you read and what the demographics are, 70 to 80 percent 
of the divorces out there are initiated by women. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a huge stat. Um, what does that say? Women in traditional monogamous relationships, that f- th- those feelings fade, and eventually they're like, what am I doing with this guy anymore? Is it that, uh, does that point to a more overall sentiment of one person and another one person together forever? Boy, that's really tough to uh, find two people that can make that work and make it work forever and ever. It's damn near impossible. So good luck. And we're seeing the numbers prove that out, right? 20%, half of you are going to make it work. And of that half that make it work, 10, 20% of you are legitimately head over heels in love with each other. The rest of you... Yeah, what'd you expect? It's kind of what we're saying. Well, but I think um, what I tell tell my friend Kim, who is you know wanting to get married to the guy that she's not in love with, she she's telling herself, "No, no, I love him." All right, sorry, I had to make a cut there. I had to run and get the bean. Well, I got the bean, just so you know. She had to go run and get the bean. Excuse me, because Bean was uh, on the little monitor here, throwing a little bit of a hissy. So I had to go get her. So the bean, which is our baby daughter, 10 weeks old, is sitting in mama's arms right now. Let's see if she stays calm and quiet. But anywho, so your friend Kim saying. No, no, I love him. Yeah, she, and then here my Greek friend and I go, no, but you're not in love with him. But the going gets rough. When the going gets rough, um, it'll be very easy for you to say, ugh, I never felt sexy with this guy, and now I don't feel sexy anyway because I've had two kids. He's not making enough money. I have to bring home all the money. I have to work full time. I'm the one making the babies. What does he do anyway? Like it doesn't take that much. It does just it just takes a regular marriage with all its day to day struggles, maybe financial, maybe just organizational logistics stuff. It doesn't take much for that marriage to fall apart because they don't have that intimate, loving bond that that mm-hmm. you have when you're in love. But here's the question: Does yeah. that mean, does that mean all those guys out there who know that they've never really been in love with like butterflies from from day one, that all their marriages are doomed? Is that what that means? When you say all those guys out there that. You mean that know that their wives haven't yeah. had that from the beginning? Yeah, or where either of well, the partners I mean, wasn't in love. And I did a, a podcast, an episode about this, where a common theme I hear from guys is, I read your book, and the book kind of assumes that there was a um, hot and heavy period at the beginning of our relationship where we were over the top sexual in love and everything. But And the guys will say, but in my case, that we didn't have that like at all. So what now? And I'm saying, well, so your your job is extra super duper hard because you're trying to create something that never was. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to see if, if that's yeah. something Oof. we've ever so, brought up. So God bless you. Best of luck. Um, but from where I sit, and you're, yeah, you're trying to start, not even start over. You're trying to start and create something that was never there to begin with. Now, okay, going back to your example of Kim settling for uh, Mr. Good Enough. Um, let me play devil's advocate here and put myself in her position. And she's going to say, well, Mrs. DSO, you were lucky enough to find um, a guy that pushed your buttons and you have both the, the, the fun, sexy side and you have both the other side as I well. I she knows that, but yeah. <laughs> well, if, if you are making a case to her, that's what I would, okay, that if I were her, I would say, why? Is that what you have with Mr. DSO? And you say, yeah, actually I do. And she'll come back and say, well, then guess what? You are super duper lucky and that is super uncommon. And I do not want to live alone for the rest of my life because me finding that 
Yeah, right. Good luck, especially here where I live and yeah. middle of nowhere, blah, blah, blah. Um, does she have a point? Because a lot of women are saying that. There are people out there that will never, ever find that love of their life, that, you know, Hollywood romance, Disney, that Disney movies are made of. Um, and so I understand that a lot of people will say, hey, I'm trying to be realistic here. I'm trying to have a life. I'll take somebody who is good enough. The problem is, what if that Mr. or Mrs. Wright mm-hmm. comes into the world years later? It's kind of, um, And, you know, it's interesting. There's the phenomenon of... Um, we talk about the women are, are filing for divorce so much more before because we've, we've gotten rid of those obstacles and so forth. There is a growing population of men, the other side of the fence, thank you, Internet, who are kind of, quote, unquote, waking up to this um, this dynamic of your friend Kim, of your friend Alice, of your friend whatever, that they're like, oh, wait a minute, you're settling for me, sweetheart? I don't think so. And there's guys like me and others out there saying, here's um, here's some things you can put in your arsenal and in, in your quiver, so to speak, some ammunition, so some knowledge so you can figure out exactly where your relationship is at. And a lot of guys like are, you know, smacking themselves in the forehead saying, Duh, you idiot. You were Mr. Provider from all along. And every piece of evidence was there from day one, and you just ignored it because you just wanted everything to work out and be perfect in your relationship. And you knew, Mr. Dummy, from day one, this is what what this was. Ah, Well, that's happening more frequently and at a younger age now. And I think that is a very small part of why we see a lot of people, a lot of uh, these young youngsters, 20-somethings, aren't pairing up anymore, and they're certainly not getting married anymore. And they're most certainly not having babies anymore. Is that because both sides are like, we've kind of caught on to the game and women are saying, I'm not about to settle for, and men are saying, I'm not about to be settled for. And so now we're just at an impasse. Well, I mean, I found my lover and provider in one person. So for now, until I have an accident and get really fat and lazy. That's true. That would be a problem. Same here. But I, I think that it's just a lot. I'm not saying that all marriages are doomed that have um, that don't have that lover side. I think that Alice and her husband will be just fine. He will hmm. go in the basement where yeah, he has his porn collection on his computer. I was going to say that's, but that's not just fine. No, it's not. And, but and if, if he if, thinks he, it's fine, <laughs> and she thinks it's fine, it's kind of like the old the old Matrix. Uh, thing, <laughs> yes. right? The, they're living in La La Land. If he doesn't know any better, and if he never looks behind the curtain, so to speak, and sees what really is happening here, he'll be just fine. And that is exactly what a lot of men that I talk to. You know, there's this uh, internet story you'll hear again and again, and I've, I think we've heard it a couple times on our group where a man will say, I was doing some snooping. And, or by accident, I was just, I found an old um, backup hard drive. And I was looking for family photos. And I saw some video, and I'm like, what is this? And there was dear old wife, who only will do missionary in the dark, and who says, no dirty talk. And you don't come in here while I'm showering. It makes me feel weird. And I hate my body. And... I don't do that sexy thing because that's just for porn. And no, I won't do that. Well, he discovers that, holy crap, she used to be into group sex. And um, she used to take drugs. And she had this wild party side. And here she is, um, or he's, you know, 
he suspects infidelity. So he breaks into her phone and sees conversations with some guy or gal talking about all kinds of secret sexy world. And that just opens the door to, oh, there's a whole other side of this. And I'm not a part of it. And I never was a part of it. And, um, oh boy, some men take that not very well at all. No, but I think what you can take away from it is, so yes, so maybe we do have a relationship, and I'm saying me, me we uh, being Alice. So yes, maybe Alice and her husband have a relationship that's more on the provider side. I think what that guy should take away from from this podcast here is, if you if you were to listen to it ever, is, um, okay, I'm already in the provider corner. I already don't have the lover's corner on my side. So in our marriage, I have to at all costs pre pre prevent a failure on the provider side meaning i always have to be the one making more money i always have to be successful because if i lose that too then there's nothing that holds her in this marriage anymore plus i should really play the lover's card as much as oh, I, I was can. just gonna say until you said the lover thing or whatever i'm like why the hell would you do that what's in it for him uh too later well if he wants to be with his wife i was just gonna say basically yeah. it's like well shit i already made two kids with this woman I know she doesn't think that way of me. Yeah, I don't know if um, women can truly appreciate just how much men, if they hear that, um, some men are jumping off a bridge. That's how bad this is. Because they've been living in this this fantasy world, if you want to call it that. I don't even think, I think fantasy world is too strong of a word. Um, because it's been sold to them since day one. Get your wife, get you some kids. Everything's hunky-dory as long as you do what you're, quote, supposed to do. And, um, you know, cross your fingers that you guys will have a healthy sex life. But never in a million years did any of us, any guys listening to this, were, were, did any man get pulled aside as a kid and say, look, <clears throat> there's this whole lover boy um, mentality or dynamic, and uh, you want to be that as well as the other side of it, or else your wife's not going to think the way you think she does. In other words, if I were to pull, like, grab 100 guys and say, are you your wife's? quintessential lover and provider and explain what that means i probably like 90 of them would say well yeah obviously why would you be married to me if i wasn't and you want to pull those guys aside and say, actually <laughs> for you 90 here probably 75 of you are wrong and those guys would say I'm, I'm sorry what excuse me i'm not mr Loverman." and someone would say who is i want to know who is who was and, and they will get irate about it like angry angry about it like this is, uh, you know, those uh, murders of passion kind of thing. That's why they call it that, because the man feels wronged. He feels slighted. He caught her in bed with somebody or he finds out some piece of information and some men lose their marbles completely. I don't think women, you know, some that I've talked to where it's um, some men will have this confrontation with the wife. Look at this information I found. And the wife will just be like, well, yeah. That was back then, you know, I've hinted at this already. And what you and I have now is well beyond that. We're, we love each other. We're husband and wife. We're parents to these kiddos over here. And um, like that, all that sexy erotic stuff, that's for boyfriend, girlfriends, and that's for lovers. And that's for when I was 21. Now I'm 42 and I'm your wife. And why can't you be happy with that, husband? And he's just, like I said, he's just ready to jump off a bridge at that point. So uh, that's why I think this show, going back to the show Sex Life, was is such a talking point for so many men. Because to a lot of men, they were, they were never really introduced to this whole concept before until that. Mm, good point. Yeah. Well, and the so thing is, I never had that. Of. 
I never had that part of myself in my life where I was just crazy partying, sex crazed. So so you're coming up with a good point. I had this in my mind. Thank you for bringing it back up. So there is a, uh, I guess you want to call it a traditional conservative mindset, or at least a conservative mindset of you can't turn a hoe into a housewife, which means if you're a guy with a woman and she sits you down and says, hey, I hope you're okay with the fact that I've slept with 127 men. A lot of one night stands. I had I had a party life, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm ready to settle down. What do you think? There's a growing contingent of men who would say, "Run for your life, dude." But there's a whole other set of men that would say, "Everyone deserves a chance." You know, some guys will even say, qualify that and say, "I had a party stage when I was youngster. I used to go to frat parties and hang out with coeds, and I can't tell you how many one night stands I had." And I used to do all kinds of pot or whatever, but now I'm stable family guy. So I would hope somebody would give me the benefit of the doubt here too. So you just pointed out, Hey, I've never went through that party. Woohoo sleep with a bunch of guys stage. So I can't really relate to that. Are you saying, would you say if your male friend said, Hey, I'm considering proposing marriage to Kathy over here. And you know that Kathy was, Mrs. Party Gal and Kathy used to re- <laughs> baby and Kathy used to be um, you can name right, rattle off your top of your head, the top of your mind six guys that you know that she slept with and that's just in your little world and right away is your knee jerk reaction no dude don't do that whatever you do depends depends of whether Kathy was completely nuts or um, whether she just got her got her joy. You know, her joy out of things. Because I do have a friend who uh, had a probably four or five one night stands in the time that we, the, during the time that we were young and in college. And uh, she would tell me all about those. Um, but it was always with the, in, you know, with the intent to eventually find the guy, mm. the one. And she eventually did find the one and they got married and they've been married for seven, eight years. And they're happy and they're working on child number two. Mm. <laughs> all right you're saying are they happy though yeah because i know who you're right, talking okay, i know okay, you're talking okay, about okay okay there's a whole side story to that oh but, boy do they have a side story <laughs> okay but but let's go back to whether i think she should was marriage wedding material marriage material i think she was and i think she is um do we all have our issues yes okay that's but five she, she had five or six one night stands yeah but that's, that's a so minor but, league compared to some correct if if so that's that so she partied she went out dancing she had a few one night stands i think that's normal so is but there if a you number? tell me if she had told me every night i had a different guy or she was doing party drugs so it's quantity cocaine every there's night a, i know there's a an there's excessiveness a to things yeah. or an addictiveness to things and mm-hmm. if there was an addiction element to that, then I would say, oh, you're in trouble. Don't marry that woman. There is a, um, there is a school of thought out there that um, the higher the count number of partners that a woman has had, meaning men she's had sex with, um, is, Shorter in, the marriage years is inversely correlated to the success of marriage for them. So if you got a woman that's been with 100 men, chances of divorce are much higher than if she was with three men. And I think there's a study out there that proves that out. And I wish I had it here in front of me. I've seen it once, but I think if I, if memory serves me right, it was by it was a study done by some um, religious conservative group, which doesn't negate the validity of the study at all. It just makes you go, eh, if 
you know, they may have a, um, an ulterior motive with that, which is sex yeah. bad. Please don't do that if you want to be married. So with that being, but again, it could be perfectly valid. I need to find that. But um, that is something a lot of guys hang their hat on. And you've been with how many men? Adios. No, Sorry. but I think it has to do with the, uh, and I think we brought that up in one of our podcasts. Uh, it has to do with these women losing the intimacy in the sexual encounters. They're just having sex like fast food for the for the sex of it, for the instant gratification. That When they have sex with 127 men, they were not intimate with 127 men. They basically mm-hmm. just went through the motions to get their to get their gratification out of it. So are you saying, does that... It was basically just masturbation with another human. Does that impair their ability to pair bond at a later time is the question. I think it may make it harder for them to feel intimate when they're making love to their husbands because they have disconnected the intimacy from the lovemaking so much that, mm. that they may just not feel connected when they have sex, thus maybe more likely to um, cheat or maybe mm-hmm. more likely to not have any interest in sex because it doesn't mean intimacy to them. But then uh, we're going, we're kind of... Going off. We're, in, we're inching back towards the whole, maybe all you ladies should be virgins when you get married because that's just the best. No. To which I go, oh, I don't know, I think okay. we're going too far. No, I think there is a normal number. There we go. So, of, <laughs> And I'm not saying 13 versus 14 is normal and then 14 is abnormal. Exactly, but, I think but there there's got to be some kind of tipping point and yeah, what well, is it for every person and... Okay, you should be a virgin. Well, no, because you could find out that you and your husband are completely sexually incompatible. You don't know what you're doing. Um, he, he's He's got strange kinks. Who knows what the deal is when you finally get in bed and do your thing and you go, oh, shit, what was I thinking with this guy? Um, versus, oh, I've been with 150 men and I'm with this guy and that just doesn't feel special at all. It's just another thing. It's like going to the gym. It's like, all right, I've done it with... 150 other guys is 151. Oh, well. So there's some tipping point there, isn't there? And I don't know what it is. I don't think anybody can know what it is. But uh, I would, if I was your buddy, and if you're a dude listening to this, and you're engaged to a woman who's had an admitted pretty big party past and has been with dozens and dozens of men, I would say, eh, give it some time. Date a few years. <laughs> See if all that... Uh, negative baggage comes to the surface and how that plays itself out. But all right, let's go back to the sex life story. Um, I don't remember in the story, did they outline that this woman, uh, this is a fictional character, so what do we care? But did she have a big sordid sexy past? I don't think they said no, that. They just kept just this pointing one guy. her. <laughs> one interesting thing about her, we mentioned she had her African-American friend who um, also had sex with him which is an interesting phenomenon that I have observed, which is the more uh, overtly hot bad boy type that he is, the more the woman is willing to, quote, share the hot bad boy type. Yes, it's almost like it's understood, like, well, okay, she she may not like it, and she may be angrily jealous and everything else, but in the end, she won't give him up, and yeah, she'll go back again for another romp in the hay um versus husband uh, will not be shared your friend kim she finds out mr provider went off and did something else and oh all, he'll have hell to pay she'll have hell to pay everyone is going to suffer because you took my mr provider man mm. if you take my mr lover man understood he, i understand he's probably got a few in the wings it's just kind of uh we don't talk about it but we all know it's probably going on type of thing so i always think that's interesting and I think a lot of your um, 
playboy player types that are with a lot of women will will can testify to that like yeah sally knew about Susie, didn't necessarily like it but what's she gonna do and in fact that even maybe even turns her on even yeah more. i was gonna say it makes them more attractive yeah that's very animalistic isn't it yeah in, in the end isn't that what we're talking about bees and pollen bees and pollen that's right <laughs> but in the end isn't that what we're talking about we're just trying to um marriage and everything is just us trying to shoehorn some societal norms into a very animalistic primal thing which is two people getting together and rubbing their dirty bits together and trying to make babies and having fun and then you're like yes but not with him yes but not with her yes but not so much yes but not so little and uh yes this person forever and ever and it's tough and hell no wonder it fails all the time and um but once again we're going off on a tangent here let's kind of steer things back to the show sex life on netflix check it out sex slash life and i thought that title was perfect because it shows the split between there's the sexy world and then slash on the other side is real life the real domestic I got my two kids in the house and the husband's side. And it's funny how they split the two because in the mind of the writers and in the mind of a lot of people, you don't mix the two. And uh, it, by my estimation, oh, how wrong that is. And if you cannot mix the two, well, here I am. Sound like one of those women. Get the hell out of Dodge. Um, to which a lot of guys hearing that will say, oh, F you. That's something I get a lot from uh, uh, comments on my ads and posts that I make and so forth is basically um, uh, you're giving a lot of fodder to women who are not uh, pleased within the relationship. And my ex wasn't pleased within the relationship sexually, romantically, and so forth. And she took off and just destroyed our family when she should have basically just settled for me because I've done anything and everything for us and for the family. And how dare you kind of thing. I guess I can see their point, but at the same time, um, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry, I'm not going to be a guy to tell a woman and pat her on the head and say, oh, they're there, sweetheart. Um, you're just going to have to deal with it. I know you lost attraction to the guy 20 years ago, and I know he does nothing for you, and I know there's really no reason to stay, but you got to stay anyway. So, sorry. I think there's just a, there's a lot of very personal decisions that factor into this. There are men that have no sex with their wives in, in marriages that may be okay with that. There may be wives in sexless marriages that, that are okay with that. There may be people that have um, have sex every day and are not, are still not happy in their marriage. I mean, there's so many versions of marriage fa marital failure. It really boils down to what what makes the two in that marriage happy and what makes the two in that marriage continue to say, yes, I would marry this person again if asked tomorrow. Um, so... So are, are there people out there that say, yeah, suck it up. Life isn't perfect. Marriage isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. It's tough, but I'd rather be with this person than be by myself. If, if that's okay for you, then maybe that is okay. But I think a lot of people out there don't think that's okay. I, I'm myself included. I want to have it all. And society tells us mm -hmm. we should ask for it all. Mm -hmm. I want to be happy and I want to be in love and I want to... Um, not lust after the you know the, the the sexy neighbor because he looks like he would give me a better night than than my husband. I think that's sad if if that's how I feel. I think my husband should be the dream man. Now there's a um, some people listening to this saying uh, 
hey, we're forgetting a whole other subset of the population, which have recognized what we're talking about. And they're waving their hand right now saying, yeah, we, we've recognized this and we've got a solution. And it's called uh, a polyamorous or open relationship or swinging or whatever you want to call it, which is just basically we are opening our one-on-one -on -one relationship to the rest of the world because they recognize trying to keep this one-on-one -on -one thing going long-term. Uh, yeah, good luck. We need to introduce some spice into that. And that spice comes in the form of other human beings. And for a lot of couples that works, for some it doesn't. It, it, you're, you're playing with fire a little bit when you go down that road, let's be honest. Yeah. Because how many guys have I heard my sex life stopped? Wife said, you ever thought about an open marriage? Which from what I can gather is um, another way of saying, hey, I've, I'm starting to have feelings for another man. And I want you to absolve me of the guilt of having feelings for this other man. Or possibly I've already had sex with this other man. Can you make that okay? And, and she will sell it to the guy as, hey, look, here's the deal. I go out and have dates and you can have sex with other women, Mr. Husband Man. And his eyes get real big, like, well, hello. Well, this is what I've always been fantasizing about. Let's do this. And sure enough, she's on man number 42 by week three. And uh, he just had kind of a half conversation with some woman on some dating site. And that was it for about six months. It's so a totally different world. There's a good question here. Do you know the divorce rates or failure rates in marriages that have an open marriage versus mm. divorce rates and failure rates in marriages that go swinging? Because I think... Because well, the, let's they define play the two. They, they say couples that play together stay together. So if mm. they do something together. Somebody's done the research. If they do something together, let's say they go swinging, they go to a strip club, they go to sex shows or whatever. They, they do the sexual thing together. Okay, then so that bonds them as a couple. But if they say, hey, you do your sexy thing and I do my sexy thing. But here's the thing. Then that's not a bonding thing. We're talking from experience here. Are because we, we have... We've gone to the strip shows, to strip clubs together oh, sure and some sexy shows together. And you have admitted on this show before where you're not, you're not against saying, yeah, I find women sexy and fun. This is awesome. Um, and so that's, it's not secretive. It's not me going off to the strip club. Where were you tonight? Oh. Nothing playing poker. You know, that's just not me. It'll be like a strip club. Wish you were there. Or I'll text you and say, come meet me or something like that. So that's our world. And we recognize we bring each other into that. But to say, um, you're going to jump on another man's genitals is a whole other ball of wax. And to say, I'm going to watch my man plow away at some pretty young thing in a club is a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. Sex is this complicated. Stuff gets real. <laughs> yeah. Sex is complicated. It's emotional. And uh, to introduce other human beings into it makes things uh, pretty muddy and pretty confusing and can get pretty nasty pretty fast. And I've heard those stories, too, from the guys that I talked to. Um, we brought home some woman, and then next thing you know, things got really weird, and it's not been the same ever since, and then we got separated, et cetera, et cetera. Or, yeah, I let her go off and have a, I let her go off and have a date with some other guy, and everything got weird after that, and she fell for the man, and away we go with the divorce. So, yeah, it sounds, you know, it sounds good on paper. Hey, this, the spark is leaving between the two of us. Let's keep this going. How about we go date other people and, and, you know, fingers crossed, but here's, here's the, the pact that we have with each other is that, but we're still primarily with each other. Right. Right. And I'm going to go have dates and you're going to have dates. But when we come back, we still love each other. Right. You got it. And then reality hits and you're like, well, shit, maybe that was a big mistake because now she's fallen for the other dude 
or now I'm starting to have doubts about our relationship. So it ain't easy. And it's funny, we're talking about this and that show sex life. We already talked about it briefly. They went to a sex party and let's, well, they went from zero to a hundred real quick from let's see what we can do to spice up this marriage to now they're in a group sex situation. And again, because sex is complicated and emotional, tempers flared, punches were thrown. And next thing you know, there was a big fight. So, um, yeah, not easy. So how to end this, how to wrap this up the show sex life. I think, is it realistic? Yeah, I, I think it is by my estimation and the people that More I've talked common. to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard it again and again. So if there's people out there that have watched the show and said, yeah, right, that's like that, whatever happened. I'm saying, uh, would you like to be in my shoes and talk to these men on a daily basis? Because, oh, yeah, it happens. I think a lot of women have the one that got away in nope. their lives. Absolutely. Yeah. I've often wondered in my head, if I get hit by a bus and you're out on your own again, mm -hmm. there's a part of me that kind of my ego says, yeah, good luck to the next guy. <laughs> this ain't going to be easy. <laughs> because we've reached a level of connectivity and everything else that... There will not be another guy. No, say blah. Of course not. You'll become a nun, right? Yeah. Yeah, say. I have a baby now. I can focus on the baby. There you go. So, um, um, Mrs. DSO had to step away. Uh, the baby was getting a little bit too unruly, and she's going to breastfeed. She doesn't want to do that here on microphone for whatever reason. It's not like we can see her or anything. But, anywho, to wrap this up, the show, Sex Life on Netflix... Give it a watch. Might be good to watch with your spouse to open up the conversation. The conversation may go in an uncomfortable way. May go to where she says, yeah, I had one of those, the one that got a ways. And yeah, I was a little crazy in the past. And yeah, that's not me anymore. So what do you think, Mr. Husband? And what do you think about that? You know, let me know. Shoot me an email. Or if you're in the fraternity, let's talk about it on the group. Um, if you were to find out from your wife that she has a uh, the one that got away, Mr. Former Bad Boy, Mr. Playboy, the one that actually had such a um, such an impact on her that she can't help but write about it in her journal on her computer on a daily basis while she has the perfect life with you and the kids. How does that make you feel? And women listening to this, if you're out there, I know there are a few of you out there, um, can you empathize with the men that are eternally crushed by this, like some of the guys that I've spoken to. Interesting uh, fodder for conversation for sure. But uh, so let's wrap this up. Dadstartingover.com. Dadstartingover.com is the website. All kinds of articles, podcasts, read about yours truly. Uh, but if you really want to see where it's at, dsofraternity.com. Or you can actually go to dadstartingover.com and click on the DSO Fraternity logo and uh, learn all about the members group that we have that I talked about earlier. We just recently had our first ever in-person gathering in Nashville, Tennessee. And man, that was awesome. I uh, can't wait to put together some video and photos for that so everyone can see. Uh, for all you guys that missed it, see what you missed. Because it was some uh, really special stuff. So a big thank you to all the guys that did that. And um, I think that about wraps it up. So we'll see you around for the next one. Have a good one. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. 
And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.